What's what's not pleasing? Andy's been burping into his microphone. Mm-hmm. I have. Ah, I see. And then I told him I like it a lot to turn turn the tables on him to see who, who could be more uncomfortable. Oh, I see. I see. And he likes it a lot, and it kind of gave me the the impression that he likes it down in his his zone. I've I've heard of burp fetish before. I don't like this. All right, Austin's clearly coming in hot to this car. To this <laughs> who can get the other one ooged out? Yeah, we can only hear him, but right now Austin's trying to suss out whether or not we're cool with his thing. He's sweating <laughs> like, I've heard of burp fetish before. You guys, mm. I've just heard of this thing for the first time today. <laughs> We've all browsed through and watched watched burp burping videos. I need, where... to go, I need to go watch some wholesome wet sags. <laughs> just, just watch, it's nothing, there's nothing particularly weird about two grown people, one, per, one grown person holding another one over their shoulder and burping them like a little baby. <laughs> oh i was i was gonna say i haven't seen those i i was looking at you know where they burp on it <laughs> long ago in a distant land Everybody, thanks for showing back up to Saturday Morning Tuesdays. It's an animated podcast about real cartoons, and I'm your host, Rory. I'm Andy. And I'm Austin. This is just three silly dudes sitting around shooting the breeze. We're we're in we're in the garage shooting breeze. <laughs> Mom's in the kitchen making making baked potatoes, and we're in the garage I, shooting the breeze. This is the episode where we are in the garage shooting the breeze. <laughs> just the three of us. Rory, I will always be deeply impressed by your commitment to whatever you, your your brain is cooked up. Yeah. Whether oh. it's whether it's ready or not, maybe it needs more time in the oven, but. It's you're committed like to the it. baked potato, like mom's baked potato. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mom's baked potatoes always come out a little raw, but I'm not going to be the one to tell her she's wrong. She's just, no. She just tries so hard. She works so she's hard. Be all back day. to the garage for me. I've never <laughs> seen a breeze that I didn't want to shoot. Uh, it's really tough so, to hit those, though. I just got to tell you, unless it's it Drew Brees, a breeze. football player who is a, playing a <laughs> plays a sport. Because um, it is, it is, it is the next week of our March Madness especial, oh, oh, oh. and uh, it was a good one. This is a good week for sports. Um, uh, yes, a victory for <laughs> sports, perhaps. Maybe not a victory. It finally in other got zones. It. those crazy kids. Finally did it. Sports, <laughs> I think, is going to be a hit. <laughs> I think you're going to be okay. I think we've done it. Uh, I have to say, I liked this week. And what while, are we watching, Andy? What shows? Okay, I'll we tell you. I'll you tell liked. you what we watched. We watched two different shows. The first show that we watched was Mighty Ducks, the animated series. And that's the, right, it is. The second show that we watched is a show from uh, from the Land of the Rising Sun called I Shield Twenty One. From deep in Andy's mud pit, he please plucked <laughs> this one. It's I actually from the it sprouted <laughs> from the pit like a cornstalk. 
and brought it to us. <laughs> to the garage. He brought it into the garage. Shoot. He killed it outside in the yard and presented it in front of us. <laughs> yeah, and then you, you rubbed my nose in it. But the thing is, you can't rub mine. Turnabout. What's happening? Austin is the one who made us watch this. I almost, I told people, I told us that we, we shouldn't watch it, but Austin made us watch an anime. He did the bad thing. It's true. It's true. I did because I inherently believe in watching anything that is good and also things that are not good. I kind of didn't know where I was going there um, because <laughs> I don't really have landing. an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have an excuse for this one. Um, I I just think no, there is an excuse. There is an excuse, and it, the excuse is that it's a Japanese cartoon about American football, and right. that is a that is a strange unicorn that cannot pass our door without a little bit of inspection. Yeah, and I think you know it, it is also. I think we've mentioned this before, but that you know if we're doing an arc about sports cartoons, really the only time we're going to get a advancement of the genre is from anime. I don't think it translates very well. I don't think in and of itself it is a... I'm not going to... I don't want to dig on it extra hard, but, like, I think it's uh, a, a a continuation of, of their comic scene more, mm-hmm. more than it is itself a meaningful and interesting and unique genre of, of entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we've... And I, I don't want to misspeak. We have sports entertainment here. We used to have it more in the early 2000s and the 90s. Uh, but, you know, we got that out of our system with the Remember the Titans movie type thing, right? Like the, the, the you know, the rags to riches type story of like the underdogs triumphing. You know, they've come from bad pasts and they all come together as a team to whatever, blah, 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 blah. Like that's all sports anime is doing just on an extremely long time scale for like 150 episodes. Yeah, kind of uh, like the the movie The Mighty Ducks with Emilio Estevez. Mm, exactly like the movie The Mighty Ducks. Austin, you're on point with the transitions this week. Is that not a compare? Is that not comparable to the TV show that's based on the original movie? <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, it's not. But we'll have to get into that pretty soon. I think we should get into it now. I think we should dive right in. Hockey metaphors. It's time for Mighty Ducks. I know nothing about hockey. (laughs) Hockey. Hockey. I know nothing. I literally know nothing about hockey. I've never watched the whole game from the front to the back, but let's do Mighty Ducks, the animated series. We watched episode 20 of this show called Mad Quacks Beyond Hockey Dome, and I think you already know why we picked that one. Uh, (laughs) Well, actually, actually, no, the main reason we picked it is because while it does have a very funny title um, <laughs> from the synopsis, it sounded like they were going to actually play hockey in this yeah, one. Yeah, that's right. And we were we going to have, have an actual sport on the on the screen to watch. Right, in we this had arc. a real dearth of actual sports being played, and ding, ding. I don't Austin know if we've for the word still dearth. achieved that. But uh, you know, it, it was the closest. Felt like the closest we were going to get. Well, it, it does bring the question. It does raise the question of whether that was uh, 
it was an addition to the quality of the show. Like, definitely hockey gets played in this episode. I found it quite droll. <laughs> yeah, well, here, here's here's what uh, here's. So I've got I've got some stuff for this. But first of all, the only way you can make hockey less fun to watch is if you knew the whole time it was scripted, like wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> like take I'm the random chance out of who's going to win. And the game is just not valuable yeah. to the eyes. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. eye treats. There's no, so fun. There's, the... no fun. there's no dunks is what I'm trying to say. oh god you need rory needs his dunks um here's the here's the synopsis for this episode uh it says while dragonis makes a new batch of beryllium crystals to power his engines the ducks are sent to another planet to play a game of space hockey where the losers are disintegrated i'm gonna do i'm gonna do my level best here i pared down so I, i in order to give the teensiest bit of context for this show I pared down the Wikipedia description of the plot, which is ungodly long. And I okay. made something that's still a little long, but I want to read it. And we can cut this yeah. if we want. But I want to read this to you so that you can <laughs> so that you can hear it. In another universe exists a planet populated entirely by humanoid ducks, dubbed Puck World by its inhabitants. It's an icy planet perfectly suited to the duck's favorite pastime, hockey. Legend has it that centuries ago during an invasion <laughs> you know by a reptilian... Ducks, don't you? <laughs> Ducks just love hockey. Because that's such a strange way to phrase this. This as if it's 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 not a coincidence that the Mighty Ducks, a team of anthropomorphic ducks who play hockey for a living, uh, <laughs> as if these professional hockey players are were were destined to be uh, hockey stars, right? Like, yeah, that's so oh. weird. That's so weird to say. Oh, you know, you know how ducks are, right? Their favorite sport, <laughs> hockey, with their favorite sport, uh, with the various with that good puck. You know how they've got that thing that rhymes with duck in it, and that's and ducks are nothing, nothing but nothing but attracted to rhymes like a like a moth to a lamp. <laughs> oh God! Okay, legend has it that centuries ago, during an invasion by a reptilian race called Saurians, a duck named Drake Duquesne became the planet's savior over the Saurian overlords. The legend tells that Duquesne did so with a high-tech goalie mask. With it, Duquesne sent the Saurians into a mysterious dimensional limbo. The last of the Saurians escape and return to Puck World with an armada of robotic attack ships. The group of four is led by the last of the Saurian overworlds, Lord Dragonus. They invade the planet and enslave the people of Puck World. And after some time, a resistance is formed by Canard, who has found the, masks, the mask of Drake Duquesne. With it, the wearer of the mask could see through the Saurians' invisibility cloaks. Canard forms a band of ducks to fight Dragonus. They destroy Dragonus's fortress, but Dragonus and his followers manage to escape into a dimensional gateway. He attacks the ducks inside the portal, and Canard sacrifices himself to save the rest. Before doing so, however, Canard gives the mask and leadership of the team to Wildwing Flashblade, his best friend. They all <laughs> enter a different dimension, landing in the Earth city of Anaheim, California. The ducks meet Phil Palmfeather, a human who becomes their manager and makes them a legitimate NHL team. Yeah. So um I actually watched the first two, the two-parter that that covers this. <laughs> oh, did um, you? I did. <laughs> um yeah, and so yeah, yeah, that's that's basically what happened. Um and it's pretty it's pretty stunning. Um, I have to say. This is um, like this is like gummy bears level of too much backstory. I was just gonna say gummy bears. Yeah, it reminded me of that of of uh, just a wild amount of backstory. The other interesting aspect of it is that um, 
they are also using their funding as an NHL team uh, to uh, build their secret lair like underneath the stadium. And like <laughs> it, so them playing professional hockey funds them as nighttime crime fighters um, <laughs> and attempting to stop Draganus. Dr- um, Draganus. Well, his name is spelled G R A D R A G A U N U S. So <laughs> it feels like, and there's an anus in there. I think um, there is an anus in there. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's kind of funny. And they're, they're what Phil is it? Phil, their manager who yeah. uh, goes into contract law again in that yes. two parter <laughs> where he's talking about like, man, I should have seen it, but there's a writer in their contract. And I didn't look through it enough, but <laughs> You know, and their lawyer, I like I fired my lawyer because of it. And now they get to build a secret lair underneath <laughs> underneath the stadium. This is my favorite weird fighters. recurring thing in cartoons. This is the absolute Disney. zenith of Disney cartoons. Obsession with contract law is so endlessly funny to me. It's the single stupidest thing that's ever been on television. <laughs> in a recurring motif. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, agreed. But yeah, so so that's that's the other crucial element. It's like why do they just play hockey? Um because <laughs> one, they're ducks and they love it. And two, uh and ducks is that love it, hockey. It it is the funding energy. Uh, it's the funding engine for um their ability to save the day and stop Draganus. And that's maybe insanity. at some point get back to their home dimension. But they kind of forget about that once they get to Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah. Because Anaheim is the best place. You know, it's got the happiest place on Earth in it. Famously. You know, it's got Disney's house. Disney's Disney's big house that he lets all these people come in and look at his his princess castle. Um, I gotta gotta say that this show did not help. I know we jumped in at episode 20, but this show did not help me differentiate the ducks in any real way. Um... I, I can tell that they have characters of some sort, but their lines don't really, most of the time their lines don't really belie that to me. No. They, they don't, I, I don't know. It's not, it's not exactly a Huey, Dewey and Louie problem, but, uh, but they all have similar character designs except for the absurdly large one. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I can easily tell who all the villains are, which is kind of, I guess, important, but I don't I mean, know who mostly- the heroes are. Based on which iconic voice actor is playing which villain, whether yeah. it's Tim Curry or Tony <laughs> or J Jim or Cummings or Jim Cummings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tim Curry as Draganis was was nice. I mean, we don't get much Draganis in this episode. Um, no, but in the two parter, he just he tears it up. He, he is not holding back at all. <laughs> it's great. Uh, and, and we have Jim Belushi as their manager, Phil, um, who is constantly doing these things where he's trying to it's they're like they've written in the lines where he's trying to call them like bubula and booby but he's not really like he's not really committing to a voice that would imply that he would say those things and then he kind of says it wrong so it sounds like he's calling them booby well and and that's a pun because a booby is a bird uh, is is it a pun is it yeah i think or is it just another weird um Jewish stereotype uh, for the manager of a sports crime fighting team. <sighs> pro stars. Uh, <laughs> that's still raw. That pro stars wound is still raw. Um, we could kind of I can list out all of the ducks as well. Um, 
just <laughs> just so we're. Duck. I want to list all the ducks here. Uh, our our core our core team. Um, so we have Amelia Estevez, who's the coach of the team, and then you have a bunch of kids. Um, no. Oh. Oh. Okay. No. Um, Strangely, okay. no. What we have we have not talked about this angle. Obviously, it's 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 clear from the way I describe the plot of this cartoon, but there's nothing. There's nothing that links this with the movie. No, it's hockey like, this and is so it has bold. the name in name only. I don't think we've ever seen an adaptation or some kind of ver- other version. Yeah. Yeah, that that strips literally everything but the name and takes it deeply literal. Which is uh, high, is interesting in its own right until you realize it's probably they just wanted some sort of title with some sort of brand already yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah like exactly. It's, it's done from a cynical corporate reason and not uh, an interesting take on so, some uh, some fat cat on high forcing you to make a Mighty Duck show, and you're like, "Well, we'll te- we'll show them." <laughs> well, Amelia, Amelia's out, so let's, yeah. But- uh, but you know there wasn't some starry-eyed, you know, young writer who came in to, to pitch his idea about ducks that play hockey. Like this was not anyone's project that they that they sort of created because of their No, passion. but it does fit into that like semi-contained duckiverse that that has been, that was going on at the time. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't think that they ever met Darkwing Duck or anything, but no, you know, I, I imagine that door Scrooge was open. Scrooge or his best friend Scrooge. <laughs> or their or their distant cousin Count Duckula. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but it is it is funny to see that they just completely went a different direction. I would like to think yeah. that it was malicious compliance, but it's Disney. Like that would have gotten shut down. Like this was just their dumb idea. I hate it. Um it does clear a very low bar, which I will say is having more than one woman on the team, on the core team. From the yeah, start, yeah, uh, that's true. Which again, incredibly low bar. But you know, you have Wildwing, Nosedive, Duke, Grin, and then Tanya and Mallory. Well, they've and got such a they've got such a low effort excuse to not bother. It's like hey, it's a it's a sports team. It's a men's mm-hmm. team. Like, yeah. So it's 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 cool to see them buck that. Even again, yeah, the bar is low, and 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 the uh, the accolades should be appropriately metered. But <laughs> yeah. it, it's mm-hmm. it's. It's cool to see it where I could equally see them being uh, like there's no girl on the in the team for Ice Shield, right? It's like right or, or no. at least it's, it's a yet. reasonable I mean, it's a reasonable excuse to avoid diversity in your show that I'm glad to see was not used. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they just don't comment on it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, you read their first names, but I do want to note I said it earlier. There's Flashblade as a surname. And when you have a man whose name is Nosedive Flashblade, you have my attention. Like, you you really do. You get me there. Wildwing Flashblade. Like, those are really exciting names. In a, are, there, it, like, are they in, brothers? Yeah, I they're think, brothers. Yeah. yeah. Those two are brothers. It's because uh, Nosedive. and Nosedive, yeah. Nosedive's the, like, the, the headstrong younger brother. He's the Wayne Gretzky one. i'm kind of a wayne gretzky type um (laughs) but the okay so the 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 action on this one sort of sets off because they are they're gonna go play a game against a team that's trying to get respect and maybe trying to join the nhl and they're like yeah maybe if they play you guys it'll give them some cred or whatever but it turns out that's all a setup by dragonis and 
the stadium they show to show up to play at is a spaceship and they are captured in like a big glass box by some people who want to take them to a an oft repeated plot of like you know planet hulk style we're off in a weird battle gladiator world, yeah. planet battle mm-hmm. world thing um which like i don't i don't hate that structure necessarily uh, we've just seen the battle planet so many goddamn times that it's kind of exhausting to know that we're doing it again. <laughs> Things get kind of wild on this battle planet because we're we're suddenly within one sentence we've met Kazor or we've heard about Kazor and Emperor Charg, and <laughs> and that they have to play space hockey and they're both and, Jim Cummings. Yes, they which are. is a weird choice because he doesn't have a lot of range. It's <laughs> Jim Cummings. It's Jim Cummings twice. One time he's a big fat purple man, and one time he's a like a lion man, but it's still Jim. His voice for Emperor Charg, though, is pretty funny because <laughs> he's a this he's this very large blob Caligula um hedonism yeah. bot emperor who uh kind of has to take a break after every three words, which is kind of <laughs> funny. Where you know he'll just say something like destroy that particular duck. God, and he he does have the best line in the episode, actually, too, because uh, because later on there's some there's some shenanigans that go down, and there's this character, this like Toady character named Weasel. Uh, I could have said Weasel character, but you know I was trying to be a little diverse with my words, <laughs> trying to not to say the same thing twice. But you know they went they went for it in the show, so maybe I'll go for it too. This Weasel character named Weasel, and he says like. Nothing is fair in hockey, don't weasel. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a very fun set of words. The the big the sport that they are brought in to play is called space hockey. And I know what you're thinking, isn't that just <laughs> hockey in space? But no, no, and they address that. Uh, space <laughs> hockey is a very different sort of sport where space where regular hockey, you know, you just sort of play with two hockey. teams and and you play hockey and in space hockey you can shoot another person with a gun and, <laughs> <laughs> and that's really i think great and entertaining and kind of saved the episode for me uh, um, yeah i i do i do agree with you uh, and it is it is fun to see like the main characters have different feelings on on getting to choose their weapon before they come in. And they all pick something different. I mean, the first guy comes in and he doesn't pick a weapon. He's like, we play fair and square or whatever. And he takes the just a hockey stick. And then he realizes his mistake when he gets out there and the other guy has a gun. Um, <laughs> he still wins. But like then the, the, like the, like the one of the, the women takes a gun. She takes a gun and yeah, he has Mallory. no compunctions Mallory about using it. Gun. Uh, she, uh, she shoots a weird earthworm gym man. Yeah, the Zarf. The Zarf. <laughs> <laughs> I I really I really enjoy they have a very hammy announcer through this whole thing who is doing a very um American style sportscaster voice, but he's yeah. saying the most ridiculous sci-fi shit, so he's saying shit like And he'll be placing a champion from the Nebula of Doom. <laughs> yeah that is that is enjoyable i mean it, it reminds me of uh of i mean it's like it's got a similar energy to the legend of Korra guy doing the old-timey radio announcer mm-hmm. like yeah. it is fun yeah. hearing it is fun hearing those those tropes talk about funny weird shit uh yeah but I, I i got more entertainment out of just watching the the weird aliens 
but what I what I will dock points from this show for severely is a classic Disney move where they they the the like big finale they do a bunch of one on one matches and then the big finale is that they have to play a team match and they all are wearing these explosive belts and the team that loses is gonna like get disintegrated by their horrible belt uh, and of course we have to win so of course the other team has to lose so they made them robots so that pe- real people didn't die. And yeah. it actually took me most of the episode to realize that was happening, and they sort of pulled that that wool over mm-hmm. my eyes. But then I was like, "Oh wait, they're all robots! You've done it again, Walt." Yeah, and, and there's a there's a, a an incongruous thread with that too, where other people who are imprisoned by the Emperor Clark, Emperor Charg, um, <laughs> keep talking about wanting to put an end to these unjust and cruel games. And, and then so loving like, every bit of being sent out. Into the yeah, thunder. yeah. Just having, a, just having a great time. You're like, ah, oh, these terrible games. Ah, oh, we must stop. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work with some rebels to try to end these horrible games. And and yet, you don't really get a sense that it's a problem because, again, well, they just fought evil robots, and I guess they're gonna blow up. But we don't really <laughs> care. There's you get to sort of conveniently forget about the ethics of it as soon as it's, you know, yeah. not convenient. Mallory tries to to break out and then tries to shoot the emperor, but like the gun won't do it. And as a punishment, he's going to have her disintegrated. But then Weasel is worried that he won't get his commission because he brought these guys <laughs> in and he really wants the money kickback. And so he convinces the he convinces the emperor that, no, shouldn't we blame the guard for not stamping out her her rebelliousness or whatever? And he's like, you know what? You're right. And so Kazor, the guard, is forced to fight Duke in the next match to the death. And in this match, Duke is constantly saying, these games are sick, as he's actively beating the shit out of Duke. (laughs) It's really really funny and kind of tone deaf. Like, he is full-on fighting and participating in the brutality, and then right out of the other side of his mouth, like, oh, these damn games. I can't believe how awful these games. (laughs) Uh, But Duke Duke finds out that Kazor is going to die, and he lets him him win. He lets Kazor win, and Kazor uh, fully, like, turns to the other side. He's like, wow, I won't forget that. And later, when they're down a team member in the team game, he voluntarily puts on the the evil bad belt. It was the the one moment of the episode that I thought kind of played for me was was mm-hmm. him joining the team. Yeah. Although, so, I mean, it was clearly a, an attempt to tie that thread back together and sort of have have that element come back and have him help the team. But then uh, he had to join the team because because Grin had to leave because his skates were destroyed. Yeah. Um, but he decides to come back anyway because he's like, like oh, forget about skates. I'm just going to run back on. And he winds yeah. up like saving the day. So Grin comes back anyway. So it's kind of it is a little bit of a moot point anyway. And if they were enforcing the rules of hockey, they would have too many people out on the ice, and they yeah. Well, nothing been, is like, fair penalized. about hockey, dough, Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Grin makes a really uh, strange comment there too. I don't. His whole deal is, I guess, he's like some sort of Zen duck. Also, Brad he, Garrett. Yes, also Brad Garrett. It's our Hulkster back. (laughs) But he comes out uh, after his blades get shot, and he says a line. He says, In the words of Master Ty Quackdo, one cannot skate on twisted blades. It's not exactly poetry, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) 
I don't know. I, there, there were some good moments. I liked Kazor joining the team. They win. They break out. Uh, they, they, they have a showdown with Weasel at the end where he's gonna like, you know, essentially alert everyone that they've escaped. But instead, they just use the teleporter and they send him somewhere. And they're like, "Where'd you send him?" And Kazor goes, "Kazor goes, it matters not." I'm like, "Damn, Kazor, where the fuck did you send him?" Like they, yeah. the fact that they don't answer that question was kind of like. Like, wow, I expected, like, a cutaway in a Disney show to, like, show he's okay but running from bad things or something. But, like, I have to just assume Weasel's dead. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> there's, yeah, nothing is fair and <laughs> nothing is fair about Hockey Dome. Um, so just to, just to wrap up this episode, there is the whisper of a B-plot happening where Dragonis oh. is getting the ducks out of the way and also hoping to kill them by sending mm-hmm. them to another planet. But... You know, it also just kind of, yeah, gets them off off world so that he is free to do nasty stuff. Or so, like literally <laughs> anything. It sounds like he can't yeah, take anything. a step without them fucking him over. No. Um, and so he, I think, is trying to rebuild or get his ship yeah. refueled or something so that he can go back to the home dimension to Puck World with the, ho- the wonderful <laughs> hockey hockey planet. Um, I like that he's so thoroughly outclassed by them that he can't even gas up his ship and bounce. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 So he takes over a chemical plant so that he can sort of refuel and create beryllium or beryllium crystals. Beryllium crystals. Yes. And that only happens for about. 10 seconds of the it's 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 an odd. It's not. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, might have been interesting to see. A little more. Maybe not. Maybe they, they were smart to cut their losses and just, you know, not do, you know, maybe not maybe Tim Curry has the... a writer in his contract that says he has to appear in every episode. Oh, God. <laughs> Saddam Tuesdays is falling victim to the contract law discussion. No. no! <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's funny. Right at the very end, they're like, wait a minute. Like, we have like 30 seconds left in this episode. Dragonis is up to something? Cool. Find out exactly where he is. All right, use the teleporter. We're going to show up right there. And then they show up and right at the last second of his plan, he's just like screaming like, no! no and they fuck him over. No! No! This is a good Tim Curry. No, You're really good not. at Tim Curry. You're very good at a Tim Curry Tim, impression. That's good. Timmy. <laughs> that's, that's Curry. That's, a, that's just, like, is, is Curry here? Is Timothy in the room? Can we speak with Timothy? Are we speaking to Timothy right now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Spice. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, uh, let's uh let's let's we need to talk about another show, but we're going to be right back after a few messages. Hey, Rory. Yeah. Can you tell us about our new sponsor uh, today? Our new sponsor is called Sexual Home Improvement. Sexual Home Improvement, everybody, is well because here's here's an issue you might here's an issue you might have had, and I'll let, let me know if it's relatable. Here's an issue okay. I've had. You might have had it. Uh, have you ever have you ever gone down the stairs a little too fast because those banisters are uh, too slippery? Yeah. And you th- and you think to yourself, wouldn't it be great if wouldn't it be great if there was a way that I could if I could kind of tackle this issue uh, once and for all and yes. uh, have a safe staircase that's a little bit also interested in me the way that I'm interested in <laughs> staircases uh, <laughs> in moving slow. 
<laughs> taking oh, things okay, slow. Okay, okay, so, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Right. So if you if you've ever felt like if you've ever gone on a date with some guy who's just got nothing, he wants nothing to do but uh, you know uh, make porcupine butter together, then you might know <laughs> you might know what I'm talking about because I tell you I tell you what. I tell you what, I, I, I just, it makes me feel so, uh, so dang, so, th- what's the problem with kids these days? What's, what's going on with, what, can't we just have a nice time? Can't we just go out and have a nice date and, you know, and, uh, go see a, go see a take? Right, sure. <laughs> yeah. Everything's, everything's, everything's porcupine butter with these, with kids today. <laughs> They're always, they don't have, they don't have the finer, they don't have the finer things on the mind. Uh, so that brings us back to the issue with, with your staircase. And you want to feel like, <laughs> you know, the staircase isn't rushing you to the bottom of the steps. <laughs> <laughs> so sexual home improvement comes along is a way to, to tell, to tell your stairs, hey, buster. I'm not just, I'm not the kind of guy who just, you know. Throws his porcupine butter around. And you just and you're you're just gonna get it when you want to get it. You're just gonna fling me to the bottom, and oh, I'm bored with that. Let's let's figure out a way that both of us can get you know the, the, we can all appreciate each other mm-hmm. and let the porcupine butter just happen with <laughs> let it just happen a little bit more naturally. And uh, that is what we're all about here at Saturday Morning Tuesdays. We couldn't be happier to have included Sexual Home Improvement as one of our many, many sponsors. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Thanks, Rory. Yeah, no problem. Porky My Butter's fucking, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it must be. <laughs> I miss the breeze again. Uh, I keep shooting at it because that's how much I care about Rory's theme that yeah. he, he works so hard on. And I just, you know, hey, mom, I give those it... potatoes done yet? Not yet. Hey, mom, where did this Jersey guy who's obsessed with potatoes come from? <laughs> hey, mom, you got potatoes? Anything for my hungry guys. Well, you know where we're going to be in the garage. Oh boy! Um, well, in the garage watching anime. Uh, Ma, what and, did I say about all this talk about datas when I'm watching my anime? <laughs> oh, your boys! The big anime's on. <laughs> oh boy! Um, so I know. Um. You probably sense something different in the air, and it's and it's sort of. I think it's Andy because we're about to watch yeah. an anime, <laughs> about to talk uh. about an anime, and and we just need to. I'm going to throw a bucket of water on him because he's already oozing with delight. <laughs> My anime <laughs> mouth opened, and all of those fumes are coming out. It's the second mouth, and it's in his neck that that opens <laughs> sideways. <laughs> it Rory, screeches. one day we'll watch. We're, we'll watch Parasite one day, Rory. Oh, isn't that a bad little Paul? Mm. (laughs) You hear his sweet parasite reference, Mom? (laughs) Um, uh, well, yeah, so you can close your otaku mouth and (laughs) go ahead and Mom, I told you it's pronounced otaku. (laughs) 
I just, I want to cut, I want to cut through this and I want to just talk about the anime iShield 21. Do it. <laughs> Tell me and everything. We watched this show. We watched the first episode. It is called The Man with the Light Speed Legs. And yeah, I mean, I, I heard about this episode. I heard about this show um, from uh, the uh, our last guest, Dave Rapocio, um, from our first episode uh, when I was on his podcast. Uh, uh, his co-host talked about iShield 21. About mm. I heard well, as soon as I heard about an anime that's about American football, it just we had to do it. We had. Yeah, to I mean do that's it. kind of bananas. They don't really play it over there. I mean, let's be no. honest. Nobody outside nobody of America really, plays, really it. plays it in Canada. Yeah, yeah and even well, they then, don't play American football in Canada though. It's a, yeah. that's a loophole. That's that's so that they don't have to pay big big football any 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 royalties though. Well, so in the um. In the end credits, there is literally the insignia for NFL Japan mm-hmm. in the end credits for this show. And the whole time I was wondering, this feels like some either governmental body or large corporation <laughs> probably funded a large chunk of this, whether the culture demanded it or not. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's probably the case. I mean, I, I don't, think probably I don't know. some large company... It's possible money changed hands, but the the writer of the original manga doesn't like the I don't I, I think in interviews he's just been like, yeah, I wanted to tell a certain type of story. And I thought American football would be a really good, like, you know, match for the kind of thing I wanted to do. Interesting. And, like, okay. apparently he spent a lot of time when he was writing the manga, like coming to the U.S. to like go watch in person, like college football and NFL games. Just there to were sort a of couple like, parts of it that I thought played pretty well. I thought. It was really interesting because it could never happen in America the same way, a show like this, where Mm -hmm. the football team isn't this sort of like ingratiated uh, Mm -hmm. cultural uh, cultural um, touchstone where being on the football team is some sort of status symbol is is implied. Yeah. Yeah, they might as well be the like plucky art like the art club or something in this show. It's the anime club. It it sort of seemed like that. It it seems it's far fetched to me that. That you could have a a football club and everybody at the school doesn't know who the quarterback is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of wild. It... <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I... before before we go too deep, I want to read um, okay. the sort of monster of a synopsis, but I think it's going to get everybody up to speed, um, including it. us, because this actually has more information than we I think oh, got sure. from the episode. So here we go. So Sena Kobayakawa manages to enter D- Damon High. D-E-I-M-O-N. It's not just It's probably Damon. Damon. Hi. The same school as his friend Mamori Anazaki and is is currently attending. On his first day, all goes well until he runs into three bullies known as the Ha Ha Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, I don't think communicated. Because I laugh at all the time. Yeah, I love them. (laughs) Um, As they drag him into the football club to beat him up. Uh, Ryokan Kurita arrives and then scares them away, thinking they wanted to join the football club. Sena asks to be the team manager for Damon High Devil Bats and becomes friends with Kurita. On the way home, he runs into the Haha brothers who attempt to take his phone to find Kurita and assault him. Sena manages to run away from them, revealing his great speed and agility. Yoichi Hiruma appears to witness Sena's abilities and he escapes from the bullies. The next day, Haruma forces Senna to join the team as a running back under the alias Ice Shield 21. That classic football story 
You got your small town, <laughs> got a quarterback with a, a little a little body and a big dream, and um, the coach who just with a lot of these characters appearing to be uh, Caucasian, mm. I I struggled for a while. Like I could tell if you were to to uh, I could tell this was based on like Tokyo schools with the like. At the very beginning, we see those test scores posted, which is a thing we don't do. Yep. But I wasn't sure how much of that was going to be was lazy localization. Like if we were supposed to think this oh, was a like school this was... in America or a school Got in it. Japan. Yeah. It wasn't until the very end where they talk about the Christmas bowl in the Tokyo Dome that I knew for <laughs> sure this was taking place in Japan. Yeah. Right. If this was some kind of like poorly researched American fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Like there's a thing. I don't remember which anime it is or or something. There's there's something along these lines where they like they did a, they did poor research and they were I've like, seen what Ameri- take place in America? Sure. But like they did a They did a thing where it was like, what do American schools look like? And they looked at, they just exactly recreated the school from Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> I, th- I think maybe it was Silent Hill, like a video game. Like there was, might have been a Silent Hill game where it's like they just recreated the kindergarten cop school because they were like, boom, we got one. Just do that. Uh, so I could I could totally believe it. But no, this one's supposed to take place in Japan, uh, which I think is more interesting. Obviously, it is. Once I knew, once I was clearly on the same page. Although I guess we're not quite as elfin in America as the. <laughs> <laughs> no, not many of us are either vampires or. <laughs> yeah. God, the yeah, the character designs in this are very uh, heightened, exaggerated. The main guy, the, the I think he's supposed to be the, their quarterback. Yeah, Hiruma is is yeah, he's literally like some sort of early scary 2000s d- monster. Yeah, man. he's monster a scary man. elf monster man. It's really freaking weird. Sharp teeth um, and long pointy ears. He's a night elf or something. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I want. I want to say there's a there's interesting sort of behind the scenes stuff. The the guy who wrote it, uh, both of the people who made this went on to make way more interesting and popular stuff in Japan. So the guy who wrote it is currently writing an, a wildly popular manga and now an anime called Doctor Stone, which you may have heard of. I've heard. And of it. the person who drew the manga the for later drew. Yeah, Austin gets points. Weeb points. You're you're going places in Otaku Club. Hey, mom. <laughs> uh, but the the guy who drew the manga went on to draw the manga adaptation for One Punch Man. So like these people started here and really blew up, and people loved this manga in Japan. And I think they were really worried that this like that American football's non popularity was going to make this a tough sell. But they made so much of it that a lot of people kind of think that the reason there was so much manga is that the publisher was trying to wring as much money out of it as possible because it was making it hand over fist. It's crazy. I don't know. I I just think it's really interesting in a, in a country where they don't play this sport well, that it got so it- popular. American football has a it translates to the page, I think, in a way that is, um, you know, you, it's played in 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 instances of seconds. So it really is, is mm-hmm. not the, the the loss, the loss of uh, like the visuals is 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 different than, say, a, a you know, a 90 minute nonstop soccer match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I mean, American football is a sport that was designed and built in the age of television. It's turbo. It's this for sort of like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But but also, aside from being built for television with this with this sort of commercial breaks and and uh, <laughs> more generous length, it doesn't go on for days and days like cricket. 
Um, <laughs> I, I, my my other point was that like you could you could use a collection of still frames and kind of get a football play reason yeah. reasonably losslessly. Totally. I, I yeah. I I understand what you're saying. I think you're right. Um, and. Uh, that that being said, we only get a tiny bit of actual football in this first episode, and it's at the beginning. We sort of have like I a liked flash it. It's forward. a weird sort of flash forward, flashback. You don't know which one is which at the moment. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and and it and it does it does obscure it a little bit by the fact that our main character becomes Ice Shield twenty one at the end of the episode. But like we see in this epic cold open, this. Uh, like this football player wearing a, a, a visor. You, see, you can't see his eyes and the big number 21. And he's standing in a cloud of like dust and a plane flies by and obscures the sun. I think because he dropped out of a plane. I don't think he dropped out of jumped a plane. Out, like he just parachuted from an airplane. Though <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't put it past. This is an anime. Who the fuck knows? But like <laughs> it's this guy, you know, his identity is purposely obscured. So you're like, ooh, who is this? Is this our main character? Or is this a flashback to a different person who's Eye Shield 21? Uh, but it is cool. So we, in the cold open, we see from Ice Shield's perspective, him trying to run a that he's doing a punt return. He's trying to to figure out a route, and we see through his vision like this green arrow that sort of is like duck over here, duck over there, go between those guys, and he follows it. Um, and later, when our main character finally busts out his running ability and is trying to run away from the bullies, he does the same thing to get through a crowd. We see through his eyes and we see the green arrow. And at that point, we're like, oh, for sure, it's the same guy. Which I didn't love. It felt a little bit more like Sherlock Holmes than it does a uh, just a, a very nimble little boy. It's sort of like <laughs> Dickensian getaway boy. Well, it, it felt like he was surprised. It felt like he was surprised by that ability showing up out of nowhere. Like it just sort of sure. unlocked in him or something yeah. like mm-hmm. it wasn't something he al- he always had. That when he was hunted, when he was hunted for sport that he uh, <laughs> he sort of activated. Or like maybe his family, his family has a dragon that's trapped in his sword and they haven't told him about it. And, <laughs> and he's awakening to some sort of fantastical ability. I just want to play football. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want the sword dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think I don't know. I thought it was kind of fun. Um, the main the main character fully has no friends. And I think that's his only real trait is that he is a pushover and people have been using him. They've been like using him as a he in the translation in the subtitles. They call it a gopher. You know, he like mm. he, when he was in a in elementary and middle school, it's like he was always like bullies would always just use him like, hey, go get me shit. And he'd be like, OK, it's a solid motivation to me. And I kind of like that because the setup is that he does have a friend. It's that's that anime oh, trope of the the uh, Osana Najimi. It's the like old Ooh. friend. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Who gets hey, Ma, did now? you hear what this man <laughs> just said? <laughs> Oh man, the Osana Najimi! What the what? What? Austin's whipping out his Japanese knowledge. He just he, th- let it be known that the first person to speak an actual Japanese word this episode is that one over there, sitting in his awful chair. <laughs> evil Austin. But of course, That's that me. means a treasured childhood <laughs> friend. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's but, apt. It's apt here. Uh, it is apt. It is apt. I will. Mamori I will give you that. is this friend of his that's a lady and they've been friends for so long they can barely even remember from when they were when they became friends and there are flashbacks to them being friends in elementary school and they haven't been at the same school yeah until now until now he is testing into the school uh yeah the thing i like about mamori though is that she is essentially the only friend to senna yeah and uh, it's her who kind of pushes him like, look, you don't have any friends. 
that are like friends of yours. And it's like, what about those guys who like beat me up? Like, those are not friends. <laughs> That's not we what need that to is, buddy. Those. And I can pick up the subtext of like, look, I cannot be your only friend. It is exhausting. Yeah. I can't yeah. keep like, I can't keep defending you from all the these shitheads who are taking advantage. Of, like, go out and do some shit. Don't make me do it. I didn't really believe how how pathetically he was portrayed. You know, like he seemed mm. he seemed reasonable enough and competent and kind enough that there's no reason he couldn't have a few friends. Right. I mean, I've seen exact carbon copies of this character in other shows, and they've got a couple close friends. I mean, it's 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 not out of the realm of possibility to believe that you know a couple losers would I mean, hang out together, moved, right? I mean, or his friend could have moved. Like that's a common, that's a common little yeah. get out of jail free card. Just, it just, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't believe this guy had no friends except for the, somebody who was, who's known him so long that there's sort of like a pass on that. Especially because right. he's 30 seconds away from being a hot football player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I, I agree with you. The logic of the situation does not allow me to believe that he would have no friends. It just, it's, that's just how he's written. And I don't like that. Like the, the plot wrote him into a place where he had no friends and it just doesn't, it doesn't track. Um, um, I was immediately caught off guard. There's, by there's, the, there's some sort of listener on our show who has no friends who's like, fuck you, privileged motherfuckers. You've that. got friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> uh, I was immediately caught off guard by the introduction of we talked about uh, Hiruma, the vampire man. And <laughs> Karita, Karita, who is also a, um, a football player who is a giant. Man. It's comically oh. huge and also drawn with about six lines total. He's like, <laughs> uh-huh. it's like a sphere with a sort of the Michelin man. Face. He looks like a slime from Dragon Quest got turned into a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like somebody took a normal person and got a bike pump to the to the belly button. Um, but he's a lineman. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah, he's a lineman. He's a, he's a sweetheart. Um, yeah, but he and the and the nasty devil man uh, approach Senna. And when they see the like his test scores and he's made it in and they hoist him up in the air, like they look really menacing. And then they're immediately very supportive as a mm-hmm. as a turn. Which well, the memorial is they were fucking with him and they were and there was an implication that they were about to say something cruel to his mom on the phone. I wasn't sure but where that was going. I, I, I had a feeling it, it looked like they were trying to be playful and make new friends because they know that their team's under understaffed. Yeah. Yeah. And and I will say. The only thing that I could come up with, like, so so to, to, to exactly explain what we're, we're talking about, they they hoist him up in the air and they're like, yeah, congratulations. Hey, you got pull it. They put like grab his phone and they're like, hey, you should call your mom and tell her how you made it into the school. Like totally. And they like make him dial her her phone number. And the only way that that made sense to me was if it was going to be immediately followed by Hiruma joining Hiruma getting on the call and being like, yeah. And he's decided to join the football club. That you know, sort funny. of like I would have been like, a funny joke to actually see. Yeah, yeah, like having him push the issue and and sort of make him like, you know, like that sort of thing almost made sense. He's telling his mom that he signed up for football. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that doesn't happen because. And then explain what American football is to his <laughs> Japanese mom. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know, but it doesn't happen because Momori shows up and is like, no, 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 no. He's off limits. You can't do this. I just, I do. I, I, I really like the, the, the fresh air that's breathed into the, into the setting by just. Having the football team be these like weird outcast losers who nobody likes, like yeah, it's, it's yeah. just more interesting than mm-hmm. Friday Night Lights. Yeah, yeah, it is, especially because this there are only so many stories that make sense to tell within a, the context of football in American 
stories, right? I mean, like, like you said, they have a, they have a tremendous power it's on social all status, on, on and they're usually all social like, levels, and they're usually very strong and athletic. Like, not all, yes. not all, and not all teams, and and not everything is equally so. But there is nonetheless a cultural implication that being on the football team is good and cool. Yeah, right. exactly. And for people like us, we've developed a Pavlovian response that is based <laughs> in sort of fear. Fear or awe or jealousy or something yeah. that, you, that is still hard to shake, um, yeah. even after all these years. But uh, it's 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 real and it's extra interesting um, <laughs> having that be switched. Something else that I thought was really fun after after his initial Hiderman's uh, uh, initial attempt to get Senna on board is rebuffed. When Senna goes home that day, uh, it's like a weird trifecta of things that date this show. But uh, he 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 sees his like mail slot in the door is stuffed full with like printed flyers for the football club. No, uh, I didn't notice which, that. Which is like is like okay, yeah, like snail mail. Got it. That's number one. He opens the door, and his entire front area is filled with paper because his fax machine is spitting out <laughs> countless flyers for the football club, and then. At the exact same time, Hiruma is on the phone on his answering machine, leaving a message about joining the football club. So I guess <laughs> that is that's the tie to the phone gag at the beginning. They want his phone number in their cell phone so they can send him faxes mm. and, and telephone oh, oh, you're so right. That is super How true. How they get his address, I don't know. We have solved it. We've I guess absolutely the phone solved it. Well, they don't get they don't have his address <laughs> because immediately after we have like a two seconds uh, cut where we just see that they are canvassing the whole neighborhood. We oh, see that's two, right. That's right. They're running around with flyers and stuffing them in all houses. So I think you I think you got it in one. That's that's really funny. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I liked I liked that a, a lot. It's fun. It shows how like absurdly eager and desperate this this uh, team is. And something I want to point out is that. Early on, we know we see Hiruma there. He's recruiting with uh, with the other guy whose name I never remember, but the big the big slime man, Kurita, Kurita, and we see them recruiting. Later on, Kurita meets with Senna, you know, and protects him from the bullies on accident. And I'm thinking they have a football team and they play games. Later in the episode, it is revealed that their whole football club is just these two guys. Yep. And they openly say that when they play matches, they have to just recruit people from other clubs at their high school to fill out their 11 man roster because they just don't have a team. And I think that's a really cool place to start. A, it's going to help us like one episode by one episode, like introduce new characters, as I'm sure they do more recruiting. But B, it just underscores that whole underdog thing where like normally in American fiction, a team would be an underdog because they're bad. But in this, the sport is an underdog because <laughs> no one watches. I, what, what else haven't we talked talked about? Yeah, I mean, the bullies a little bit. I mean, I don't want to waste too much the time ha -ha talking brothers. about the bullies. The ha-ha <laughs> brothers, these nasty three bullies that um, decide to pick on Senna by saying, hey, you want to buy us some bread? Buy us three <laughs> sandwiches by to by tomorrow or else. Right. Yeah. And no, it's like by this afternoon, because right. then he runs to the store and comes back and is like, they were all out. And they're like, there's no way you got to the store and back in that amount of time. Of course, foreshadowing his absurdly fast running speed. Oh. Uh, and so they don't believe that he did it in that amount of time. And that's why they gotcha. start beating the shit out of him. Right. That he's they think yeah. he's lying to them. Yeah, that didn't really play to me. That did not seem like foreshadowing. I didn't get it, but it's totally you're totally right. 
I think because we see yeah. him walking to the store that I- mm, mm-hmm. yeah and then it just cuts to him <laughs> returning so we don't know if he actually got checked the sandwiches right, or not yeah. like we don't know if he's lying or not right um but uh the the funny thing that happens is they take Senna to a football room where it's uh, they take him to a quiet place where they can you know beat the shit out of him um and won't get disrupted but uh Karita the big big boy uh big boy comes in to see these four people in the football room and he's delighted because he thinks they're <laughs> joining the football team he's like oh my god yeah. you want to join football yes <laughs> and and then completely by accident like you know they they run up against him and he's like oh yeah as a linebacker like you gotta you gotta actually like do do your technique different he's giving gotta, them like, tips go but for the elbows he's actually yeah. beating them in a fight and he doesn't get it mm-hmm. right right and then he like flips them and they they like hit the wall yeah and, and it is this off. is these three bullies I think I don't quote me on this, but I do think that this is an example of kind of a a standard sort of anime trope where there's like a little like a team of bullies who seem really important early on, like really scary. And then they get relegated to like uh, comic relief after the fact. And then eventually they are like recruited. Yeah. Yeah. Join the team. Yeah. And so I think that's what's going on here. I think the haha brothers are getting set up as that sort of trajectory. And then there's there's some other there's some other fun things going on. It worked. I found them cartoonishly menacing and uh, totally uh, and le- legitimately menacing with a baseball bat. I mean, when they <laughs> yeah, have that's a baseball right. bat. And and it, it went from like silly silly bullies to like call like this sort of like orchestrated. They only seek out uh, Senna so that he can call uh, Karita and they can assault him with a baseball bat. Like yeah. they're just yeah. they're goof they're goofing on Senna, but they are they're gonna do crime they're for to blood, Karita. like literally, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so the episode the episode ends. Of course, he runs from the bullies. The the which I thought was kind of cool. He realizes he run. made a friend, and he's like, you know what? Even if Karita can beat these boys, this I'm not I'm not doing it. I'm not calling him. Fuck that. Yeah, that was an interesting cool. moment of moral fiber. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he looks at his phone early on. He Earlier on in the he's episode, got, he looks yeah, at his phone. Yeah. He only has one phone number, and it's Mamori's phone number. And he's like, God, I'm such a fucking loser. And later, he's got Karita's phone number, and he's like, I have two now. And it's like, it's like <laughs> God, it's kind of nice. <laughs> fucking precious. And so now he's going to protect his new friend. Uh, yeah. Anyway, they 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 end up recruiting him and he wanted he wanted to be the team's manager but now that uh hiruma has seen the way he runs he's like no 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 you're gonna be our running back i wasn't sure if he actually wanted to be their manager or if that was his like bullshit i've been i've been sort of bullied Mm. into being in a club but uh you know this is my (laughs) out i I definitely don't want to play football because i'm a tiny little i'm a tiny little pipsqueak yeah Mm -hmm. i'll be the manager and that way my, my bones are safe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no such luck you're gonna be the running back you're gonna get a hit like crazy uh but he is told like no you're gonna be our running back and they get him into the outfit and they put the helmet on that has the visor on it that we saw in the cold open and they say that he says this he says we'll need to hide his face during games or the other clubs will try to steal those legs yeah from senna, us. senna is apparently so fast that if they if they it sounds like they're not afraid of uh, Senna being r- recruited because you could you could approach Senna even with the mask on and try to recruit him. Right. Uh, they're afraid of somebody assaulting him and breaking his knees. 
just because of how <laughs> swift this boy is. Yeah. Yeah. And so they have to like, so they want to have him, his identity obscured during games. And so he says, don't respond to Senna. Your name is Shield 21 And so this is kind of the setup that we're doing. I assume at some point his identity will get revealed, but it'll be a sure, while. And, and so I, I yeah. didn't quite get it because it's so cartoonish. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the implication is 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 there that we haven't spoken yet that uh, Hiruma can inexplicably inexplicably uh, summon guns. So okay, I was gonna bring this up too. <laughs> oh. uh, you mentioned cartoonish, and it's a weird yes. thing. So remember, Hiruma is this like strangely demonic looking. Yeah, elf he looks man. like he walked right out of Helsing. Yes, but he is. And he is as we're about. He plays American football, and he's. Uh, pale skinned and blonde. <laughs> yeah. And, and just has weapons like guns, just guns, <laughs> just, got just guns. like <laughs> a, a, a trigun, a trigun's worth of guns, um, yeah. that he whips out just uh, again, like, like a cartoon character who didn't have it on his body and then he just has it. Yeah. And the rest of the show is, I mean, relatively consigned well, to reality i mean yes and no when they when the bullies are bullying him their faces expand to fill the whole screen and senna shrinks down to the size of a mouse <laughs> yeah yeah but that's that's stylization we don't think that yeah they, style, yeah exactly we're we're to understand that that hiram is summoning these weapons <laughs> right yeah the bullies don't have rocket launchers as, yeah. as like a metaphor or, or anything like it's true the, I think the, yeah, it's definitely coming from a from a, a different generation's uh, sort of visual um, language of manga back in the day where we you know we had mallet space and mallets would come out to sort of punish people. Oh, that's uh, true. That's true. Like, there's definitely an older school of like magical realism where of like Tom and Jerry style comedy. Yes, yes, the yeah. anime was really doing for a while. This is a 2005 anime, so I think it's a little behind the curve on how that you know sort of had been already evolving at the time. Yeah, and because we don't see that that style happening with every character. It's like character-based. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, it's like this is our Deadpool character who's going to break the fourth <laughs> wall again. Or like, and everybody else is just normal. And so that's that's the weirdness, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I... I, I I don't know if you guys want. I don't know if you guys want any any spoilers for this show. Sure. There are 145 yeah. episodes, and I know you're not oh, going to yeah. watch Jesus. them. So I I did some looking ahead. So so I know that these are all Japanese people. I know a couple of them look Caucasian, but they're all Japanese because at some okay. point they do start meeting. I mean, his American. name is obviously Japanese. I just thought it was meant to evoke some sort of right American right. gun gun nut sort of. Well, so so I think that there's a little angle there, because what I learned about Hiromo when I looked is that there's like some flashbacks you see about when he first gets into football. And it's because he sneaks onto an American military base and sees them playing it and is like, this is dope. And so I think Hmm. that there's an implication that he sort of like dyes his hair blonde and gets into football Hmm. and is really trying to do like this whole culture thing. Um, But also, I want you guys to know that at the end of the whole manga, uh, half the main like cast ends up playing for the NFL. Like pro in America. I thought you were going to say slaughtered. <laughs> in the great football wars. <laughs> no, but they all they all get like they all get an NFL contracts and they all play, which I think is really fun because to my knowledge, there's very few Japanese, if any, people in America playing NFL. Uh, but I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's a kind of a wild show. I might watch a little more because I don't know. I'm it's, a sucker for a sports anime. Let's be real. It's not bad. It, it really isn't terrible. You know, it's, it's I thought that fascinating. It, it's, so, yeah, so it, it is not terrible. Uh, I thought that it didn't really live. It didn't do a good job pushing past that sort of line from between like silly into absurd or magical. Uh, aside from the gun summoning. Uh, like it just it doesn't quite hit that Shaolin soccer like we're gonna have fun with this this is not to be you know Mm -hmm. uh, taken Uh literally Uh, I get the impression that there's gonna be a kind of normal amount of talking about football basics and strategy and gotta love the yeah. magic system basically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well they do they do those interstitials right like pre, yeah. pre and post commercial yeah. break where like they ask it's like a quiz question thing where like before the commercial break in this episode they were like question how many players are on a football team and then afterwards they answer it and they give a little extra context for how the football team is structured i get i imagine they do those every single episode so that's kind of fun i could have used that when i was a kid <laughs> I can relate to my fellow peers. Oh. I too know how many members are on a football team. <laughs> I say, did unprovoked. you see that ludicrous display last night? <laughs> oh, Austin says, looking down at his cell phone with one phone number in it. Oh, God. <laughs> I do know a football. Well, we are we are in the garage and and the breeze has been sufficiently shot and mom has brought us mom has brought us a plate of baked potatoes and we are we're just <laughs> scarfing down potatoes. It's been a, it's been a great week here. Yeah. Um, and I I couldn't have been uh I I I found Mighty Ducks to be a, a bland Stanley of an ep- of a show, but the episode was was a little zany and uh ultimately gave us plenty to talk about. So, yeah. A pretty decent I mean, week. I think I these think were both generally, our most medium shows. Yeah. Both yeah. of them. I agree. Kind of right in the center. And to be honest, I think audiences didn't really connect with Mighty Ducks. They did one season and it petered out, which is kind of, I guess, I mean, it seems rare for a Disney property, like a Disney show to do, to sort of have that much of a misstep with audiences. Yeah, I mean, but, Gummy uh, Bears had like 70 episodes. Yeah. And and so I don't know. I think I think there's there's definitely something to be said for uh, extremely overwrought world building with kind of poor execution that doesn't justify it. <laughs> and um, there's no resemblance to the movie that everybody liked. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No Estevez and no kids. It's all adult ducks that are from space and they play hockey for their lives. Yeah. You know, the mighty ducks. <laughs> I, I yeah. The one thing I don't think played in that that um, I I didn't mention when we were watching the episode, but I, I got a little tired of is the fact that like they're all on a hockey team, so th- nobody's character gets to be talking about hockey. Like everybody just mm. talking about hockey was pretty upsetting to me. It's like oh, we get it, you <laughs> like hockey, you're a professional hockey player, and a ho- and you're a hockey theme, hockey player, you're a hockey theme crime fighting team. Like I get it. But you need you need your own personality because yeah. I don't know. But of the ten characters in the show, you can't all be the hockey one. God, yes. can you imagine l- growing up on a planet full of hockey playing people? Well, that's just Canada. <laughs> it's like we get it, hockey. I would have loved if these ducks were Canadian. I would. That yeah. would have been hilarious. Yeah. I would have uh-huh. loved that. But no, 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 no. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Mighty Mighty Ducks is a 
This is a real swing and a miss for me. Uh, Eyeshield 21, I liked a lot more than I expected. Uh, obviously, I'm predisposed to liking anime because I'm such an otaku. I would have a hard time <laughs> watching this completely uh, unironically. But as a cartoon, it it works. It's fun. Yeah. It's silly. And I could see more of it. Totally. I, I would get worried that it might get bogged down in normalness in tropiness it might it might but i could see another couple episodes and see where it goes for what it's worth i will say that the the sports manga and sports anime that i have connected with the most uh use sports more as a like 50 percent of it or a flavor than it is like what it, this show seems like it's building towards is like a 90 percent the sport and talking about the sport and like progressing his skills and all that. Cause it doesn't seem to be a lot of actual drama outside of it other than like, Hey, now we're getting you on the team and now we're on the team. Well, he's very mm -hmm. fast and has a magic power. So it's yeah. possible we don't need to spend too much time with the train in a training montage. Mm hmm. But right. like, you know, one of my favorite, I mean, I'm totally, you guys are going to rake me over the coals for this, but one of my favorite, I don't know. Austin, Austin seems to have done a, like Indiana Jones with that bag of sand swapped himself into the anime dungeon while nobody was watching. <laughs> Spent oh my too God. much time around. <laughs> too much time around. <laughs> but there's there's a, my one of my favorite uh, my favorite sports manga is called Girl Got Game, uh, or at least that's how it was translated, and it's about a uh, a girl whose dad wanted her to be a basketball player so much that he forced her to live as a boy and enroll in an all boys school. And so she like, it's kind of like Mulan for Japanese basketball. <laughs> and so, and so <laughs> she joins and she falls in love with obviously one of the other players on the basketball team. And there's a lot of drama about like him not knowing she's a girl and like her having to pose as a boy to stay on the team and, and the sports involved. And like, I don't know, I like something that has several ingredients thrown in with the sports. I'll make a slam out of you. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I like that. But yeah, I don't know. I like I like a little bit more complex of a plot around my Let's sports. Down to dunkness. <laughs> <laughs> to defeat the Suns. <laughs> so that's you good. get it like the phoenix yeah, suns took me yeah it's good yeah great cool 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 as long as we're all on the same page about that we can move on from that mulan joke and and finish this episode out i i had a good time like mulan themed comedy <laughs> <laughs> uh, i love that mulamity no I, we're I cutting that out i never said that <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> hey, Mom, I never said that. <laughs> I don't know what you're uh, talking about. I never said anything about Mulan. She's, it's a <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm excited for whatever we do next. Yeah, weekend. we got we have we have one more show we want to tackle and we're going to spend all week on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I don't know what we're going to do, but I think. It's going to be fun. I God, I cannot. That's really talk right good. That's really no. good. And you know what? To punish you, I'm keeping it in and we're going to no. see you next Tuesday. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>